Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke in the 24th chapter, verses 13 through 27. I will be reading to you from the New International Version. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they kept from recognizing him. He, stood, he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. The word of the Lord. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. As Pastor Elise shared with us, we are now entering and already are in the season of Easter. These 50 days now that will lead us to the day of Pentecost, which this year is on May 31st. And so our desire as pastors is to continue the series that we began in Lent, Encounters with Jesus. But now the encounters are going to be post-resurrection encounters of Jesus. We're going to be looking at how his followers had their faith built as they became more aware of the meaning of the resurrection and how that applied to their own lives. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about my favorite encounter, actually, in all of the Gospels, and that is Jesus on the road to Emmaus with two followers. One of the reasons I love this story is it is so human. Who would not want to take a walk with Jesus on a road? have the ability to see him face to face, to ask whatever question we have, but also to receive his care, his understanding, and also just to see his humanity, to know that this man who is fully God and fully human is entering into our experience, and that's what we're going to see this morning. 
throughout this message too, there's going to be a series of images and paintings that will be put up just so you can see the breadth of artists who have been drawn into this story. And so take a look at those as we move through this message. But to help get us in the mood, I want to ask the question, what is your favorite walking trail where you live? If you're like me, the health club is closed now, and so I have done a lot more walking than I used to do. And so daily, I'm grabbing my trekking poles, and off I go, where I live in Bellingham. But also on the day that we record here on Mercer Island, I love to take advantage of some of the trails I'm familiar with in the Seattle area. I've been to Luther Burbank Park. I've been to Seward Park. I've been to Golden Gardens. Been to Green Lake. And I've enjoyed walking around each of these. So if you're watching with some friends this morning, why don't you turn to them and let them know what your favorite trail is. Well, now I invite you to join these two followers of Jesus on the road to Emmaus. Some of you may have in your mind this very quiet country road in a very serene setting. But what we're going to find is these two individuals are actually in the darkest place of their life, most likely. Because we're going to discover how they followed Jesus, but this is the weekend of Jesus' crucifixion and death. And that is the thing that's weighing on them as they are on this journey. So let's take a look again to the passage that was read earlier, Luke 24, beginning with verse 13. Now that same day, the two of them were going to a village called Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem. Now be reminded that to the Jew, this is still Sunday. This is the same day that the women were at the tomb. Sabbath is the Jewish Saturday, of course, and so Sunday in the Jewish culture was really our Monday. It was a day to get back to work. And Luke, always the one with good details, he shares that it's about a seven mile walk to this village, Emmaus. Jesus' crucifixion was likely known to every individual in the city of Jerusalem. And yet now the city of Jerusalem is returning back to work. Maybe no different than when we hear tragic stories that aren't really impacting us and we read it in the news and then we move on with our lives. But for these two individuals, they cannot do that. Verse 14 tells us that they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. For these two individuals, trying to return to normal seemed impossible. They had been followers of Jesus, although they weren't part of the 12. And maybe they thought the best, day, best way rather, to deal with our grief is just to get away, to get some fresh air, to get on the road. If you're like me, many days as we have been in this season of the pandemic, that's one of my ways of dealing with the stress that I have felt. Maybe they needed this walk to clear their own mind and emotions. When your world stops with death, it's often hard to get moving on with life when you see the world going on without you. 
That could have been their situation. Verse 15 says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognizing him, and he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces were downcast. Now let me point out here that we really don't know what Jesus' resurrected body looked like. We don't have any other descriptions other than we know that he looked human. He looked as a man. He was not a ghost. And he had physical properties, even though in the other stories of encounters with him post-resurrection, we'll see that there were some unusual things going on. But the text tells us they were kept from understanding that this indeed was Jesus. Now remember, earlier that same day, Mary Magdalene also did not recognize Jesus and thought he was a gardener. So these two were not alone in not being able to recognize Jesus. And so thus, on this most perplexing day, they are unsure of who this stranger is. Verse 18, one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem? And do not know the things that have happened there in these days? That was a natural question to ask. And so Luke only gives us the name of one of the individuals, Cleopas. The Greek text does not specify whether these were two men or possibly a man and a woman. There are scholars now who believe it could have been Cleopas and his wife. Take a look at John 19.25 for one of the clues. But regardless, their response is almost like we would say to someone who had not heard about 9-11, had not heard about the tsunamis that have been rampant in the last 20 years. And so this conversation, they are still unsure of who this stranger is. Verse 19 Uh, What things, Jesus asked. Well, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. As is often the case, Jesus responds to a question with his own question. He almost seems to be coy with them. They obviously believed some of the claims of Jesus, that he was a prophet. They hoped he was the Messiah. And they had followed Jesus perhaps for three years, hoping to see him bring the promised emancipation of Israel from Roman rule, the hope of all Jews. And here in this verse, they confirmed it had been three days since Jesus' crucifixion. But they are still unsure of who this stranger is. Verse 22, in addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was still alive. 
Then some of our companions went to the tomb, found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. And so these disciples had been with the apostles when the women reported an empty tomb. They had heard about the angel's declaration, he is not here. But this information was coming to them secondhand. And so for now, they're continuing to grieve. They're unaware of what is going on. They are unsure of the meaning of all the things that they are hearing about. They're still unsure who this stranger is. Verse 25, Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter into glory? And beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. Now, if you're like me, you're often taken aback when Jesus seems to be corrective and often harsh-sounding in his response to questions that I myself might ask. How foolish you are. How slow of heart. As we began this series back in March, I laid out the fact that this is one of the confusing parts about Jesus as we encounter him in the Gospels. He doesn't always say and respond the way that we wish he would. I mentioned in one of my first sermons, he asked an invalid man who had been sick for 38 years, do you want to get well? What kind of question is that for someone who had been ill that long? In Matthew 10, 34, Jesus says, do not think I've come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. What in the world is Jesus' response all about? Well, back to this story. Obviously, these two disciples had heard the testimony of the women regarding the empty tomb. And so Jesus is not correcting them because they didn't believe or hear about the empty tomb. He's correcting them because they didn't believe in the testimony of Scripture itself. They had the Old Testament, the Jewish Hebrew Scriptures, And in those, the scriptures pointed to the coming of a Messiah. And here's the cool part for me. Imagine hearing Jesus himself explain the law and the prophets and what that meant regarding himself. They had a firsthand personal explanation of the scriptures. The best sermon, the best teaching ever. And so we're going to stop the journey on the Emmaus Road this week. We'll pick it up again next week. But I simply want to say this, that to this point in the road and the journey with Jesus, I believe it's about the building of the faith of these two disciples. Because faith is like a spiritual muscle It is always in need of a workout. We, 
like these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, have sorrows. We have our own confusion. We have our own disillusionments. And we have our times of despair. This is when faith needs to be exercised the most. Maybe if we were on the road with Jesus today, we would say, what is the next big impact of this pandemic to our world? I would want an answer. But at this moment, Jesus opened their eyes to point to the truth of who he is. And I believe that is what Jesus is saying to all of us in this time of testing that we're in. It's easy to look at the daily news feed or to hang on every word that one of our health professionals gives us or one of our government officials and put our faith there. So often, I want an answer that's different than what I get from Jesus. And what he is saying to me is, I'm still the answer. Jesus himself, in the big picture, is our answer. He is as active today with us as he was with these two on the Emmaus Road. And he's reiterating to them that the basis for all faith in our present lives and also in our future is grounded in this wonderful message of a risen Christ. As I close today, I simply want to invite us to an imaginative prayer. I want you to visualize Jesus walking with you. In fact, I want you to consider these questions and take them on a walk today at some point if that works for you. Take your own walk with Jesus. I want you to gaze at this image that we're putting up now and I want you to look into Jesus' face. What does his facial expression communicate to you this morning? What is Jesus' tone of voice? What does Jesus say to you? What question does he ask? And then what do you say back to him? What are the questions that you ask him? And prayerfully, what does Jesus explain to you from the Scripture? Maybe more personally, do you and I need to confess a lack of patience, a lack of faith during this time? Some of you with children at home, are you seeing children as a burden? rather than a gift from God in the time that you get to spend with them now? Are you having tension with a spouse, tension with a roommate, in terms of not appreciating the relationships that God has given you? And maybe lastly, like me, do you want to ask Jesus, what is next for me? What is next for my family and those I love. Again, my encouragement to you is take a walk with Jesus today 
and consider these things.